Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We believe that meditation is important, and I mean meditation on God's Word. Um, just to clarify what, that, I wonder what you think when I say the word meditation. Some people might think sitting in the yoga pose, um, or they might, you know, some people, there's a lot of meditation around. I work in the world of trauma, and it's a very, very common practice. It's very common to be advised to go away and do meditation. And, you know, there's some good elements of some of it, but I think we have to be very careful. And, you know, maybe the word meditation makes you feel uncomfortable. I don't know. Maybe it makes you think of the New Age movement. And, and that is something to be wary of. Um, and maybe it makes you think of Eastern religions or spiritualism, something more on the edge. Um, and, and, you know, we do need to be careful. We need to remember what we're meditating on and how and who. And so this morning I'm going to give you some tips. It's going to be quite practical this morning, I hope. Um, but I, I just looked up some definitions of meditation because I think we can go with some of these, uh, not all of them. Heightened level of spiritual awareness. You know, we're all spiritual beings, aren't we? We're a spirit, body and soul. So we've got to have some spiritual bits, whatever our faith is, whether it be no faith or some, or whether it be a connection to our Lord Jesus Christ, then our spiritual being needs some feeding and nourishing. And, and it's what you nourish it on, isn't it? And the other thing about meditation, it, it's said that it's to ponder or dwell on something. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm really good at pondering and dwelling on some things. I believe that meditation, even if you're not practicing meditation as a concept, we all meditate. So, you know, in your spare thoughts, you're meditating on um, how you're going to feed your family. Or you, in my case, you might be meditating on how you're going to get that list of things done that are on your to-do list. Or you might be meditating on some health issue that you're worried about. We all have that tendency to worry, and that is meditation, actually, really, if you think about it. If, if the definition there is collect, correct, to ponder or dwell on something, then we are meditating a lot of our time. Who meditates? Yeah? Perhaps when you're in the car. Perhaps when you can't sleep at night. It's very annoying, that. I find I meditate quite a lot in the night, which is not good. Um, although I've tried to turn it around to meditate on good things. Um, the other thing about meditation, they say, is to sharpen the focus or attention, to connect the body to the breath. So there's a lot of talk about breath and how getting your breathing right helps you to feel calm, helps you to meditate better. Um, develop acceptance. This is another definition. To develop acceptance of difficult emotions. Actually, you know, that can be a good thing. Let's talk about that a bit further on. Or even alter the consciousness. So in meditation, in the world's way of meditation, it may alter your consciousness. And this is where it gets a bit dark and dangerous. And we have to be careful. Um, 
The goal of meditation is to bring peace, calm, and inner harmony. That's what I read. All of these things are off the internet, by the way. Different books, different things I read. Um, to bring peace, calm, and inner harmony. Well, actually, that's a God thing, isn't it? God wants us to have peace, calm, and inner harmony. That's why, as we celebrated in communion, and Wish mentioned the word meditation quite a lot as we took communion today. Thank you. Um, you know, we can meditate on what Jesus has done for us, and that is the best thing ever, because that truly is going to bring peace, calm, and inner harmony, the best kind of inner harmony that you can ever have. So whether we are conscious or not, we meditate, don't we? Whether you're, you know, sometimes you don't realize you're meditating. You might have a dream, a thought, a daydream. That's kind of like a meditation, really. Um, and so what is, where is God in that? Where is God in our meditations? So we're going to read Psalm 1. It's up there. I don't know if, yeah, it's big enough. It's not very big for me. So I'll read it off my paper because I need my glasses to read it for my Bible and I don't want to wear my glasses. How proud is that? <laughs> um, blessed, it's a bit inconvenient though, isn't it? Taking them on and off. Um, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight in, is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assemblies of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous." But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, I looked up in, um, we've got Strong's Concordance, which is like a Hebrew um, and Greek kind of dictionary thing. And looking up that word there for meditation in Psalm 1, it says about meditate on, on the law of the Lord, on God's word, day and night. Um, that word is hagar, which translates to means and it means murmur in pleasure or anger by implication to ponder, imagine, meditate, mourn, mutter, speak, study, talk, and utter. So it can mean all of those things. I'm going to kind of go for the word pondering because that's quite a good one. Pondering and mulling it over. Um, but it, it can also involve muttering it and speaking it out. And that's a really cool thing when you're meditating. Speak out loud as well, because it kind of gets it from heart, head to heart. That's what our kind of meditation is all about, is to get what's going into our head down, that one foot into the heart, into our heart. That's what we need. So, you know, quite often in the world's way of meditation, you'll be reciting a mantra. Um, I mean, yeah, sounds good, but where's the mantra from? What if your mantra was from the Word of God? Because we know in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful t for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In the Passion Translation, it says this, God has transmitted his very substance into scripture. This book is a transmission of God's very substance. We should love this book. I know we should not love it more than God himself, but this book is precious. People die and give their lives to make sure this book gets around the world. And, you know, I've read and heard and met people who've been to risky places, risked their whole lives. A friend of my parents was killed on his way to um, the old Yugoslavia um, because he was risking his life to give this book, copies of this wonderful book, to people in the Slavic countries. It's a book that many people have prayed, paid a price for. And, and so, as I went back to that passage, 2 Timothy 3.16, I'll read it again in the Passion. God has transmitted his very substance into Scripture, for it is God-breathed. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the paths of godliness. So that's why this is first things first. We need to get to that point of making sure that this word of God comes deep into our hearts. And so it leads us deeper into the path of godliness. Deeper into the path of godliness. Um, Joshua 1.8 says this, that you keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Why do we meditate? We don't meditate to become um, necessarily prosperous. Um, I'm not talking necessarily about prosperous financially, but I'm talking about prospering in every single way, and that might involve finances as well. God wants to bless us. And you know, as we meditate, there is a real blessing in it. So God's word, this book is vital in our Christian walk. If we start neglecting reading God's word, we need to pinch ourselves as Christians. I know there's been days where I have gone without reading it, and I know that it has affected my growth and my walk with God. And we can pray anytime. We can pray in the car. We can pray as we walk. We can pray as we work. We can pray whatever we're doing. But we can't always get to the word. We need to make time. Make time, folks. It's so important. This word has power. It isn't just an ordinary book. So you can recite a mantra from uh, you know, a, another kind of book, but it won't have nearly the same power. In fact, it may have power in a dangerous way. We need to recite and mull over, mull over the word of God. We need to ruminate on it. We need to allow it into our deep into our inner beings. It's so vital. Um, so I've got four points. I love points. I think they really help. It's on the next slide um, for this morning. And they all begin with an R. Um, so the first one is remove. And the second one is read reflect 
and respond. So if, you write, if you're writing notes, those might help you to remember how to meditate in our Christian way, in God's word. So the first one about remove, you know, I, I, I think it's very hard to remove ourselves from what's going on around us, but we need to do that because if we don't, it so easily slips out of our routine. Remove ourselves. So, you know, you might need to get into a relaxed place. Maybe your place is a certain place in your house. Find a place. Find a place where you know you can be comfortable. It's, it's important to be comfortable. God wants us to be comfortable. He doesn't want us to be in some weird pose that makes our whole body con contorted. He wants us to be comfortable. Um, so, you know, find a place. Remove distractions. So it's about removing anything that distracts you. What would that be? Maybe you need to take your phone away. Maybe you need to um, make sure that the phone is off. Maybe you've got a kettle boiling or something on the stove you need to turn off. Just make sure that's all sorted for that time. Give some time. Pay attention. Remove distractions. Generally, what we're listening to or looking at will be what we're attending to or focusing on. So what you look at, what you listen to, is what you attend to. And sometimes we need to close our eyes for a bit when we're meditating. Actually, when you read the Word of God, you need them open, obviously. But, um, but, but once you're properly starting to meditate on God's Word, you do need to have your eyes closed for some of that time, because I know I would totally be distracted by something around the room. Um, so ask God to make you ready to listen. Um, that's part of removing ourselves from distractions. Ask God, Lord, make me ready to listen. Just a simple prayer. It doesn't have to take long. Just a simple, Lord, help me to understand what you're trying to say to me. The next point is read. Point number two is read. Read a short passage or a verse. It doesn't have to be long. I know some people like to go through the whole Bible in a year. That's a big ask. And some years of my life I've done that. Some years God directs us to do that and it's good. But other times actually a small bite-sized chunk is what we need. Just a small passage, six verses maybe at maximum. If you're properly meditating, one verse will be enough because you'll get loads out of that one verse. Recently, I've been reading Romans, and as I got to the end, I got to the last chapter, and it's all greetings. Paul is greeting the Romans, um, and he says, greet this person, greet that person, greet the other person. And I'm thinking, what on earth is this? Is this actually going to show me anything? And, and I just... I. I nearly dismissed it and went on to the next page, to Corinthians. But as I looked at this, I did get something out of it. I realized that um, Paul had um, spiritual fathers and mothers that he was talking to. We've got Father's Day today. He had spiritual fathers and mothers that he was referring to in that passage. I would have missed it if I had not stand, stayed in that passage, removed myself from distractions, and ruminated over that 
verse because it meant something. It really meant something in his life. And so I thought, well, what does it mean in my life to have people like that in my life? So just that little passage, every single verse in this scripture is there for a reason. God has made sure and protected his word over the years. And he's made it so that even the smallest verse means something. And we sometimes gloss over those long genealogies, don't we? But actually, sometimes they're important to think about where people came from. I don't know, you've probably heard a sermon like I have about these genealogies. I'm sure there's been some in this church. Um, You know, they do have meaning. It's good. It's good. So removing ourselves, reading the passage. I've lost my page now, so I'll just find it again. Um, Yeah, read the passage. Number three is reflect. Reflect. So we are now moving into our meditation. You've read your passage. You're reflecting on what it means. And this might be a process that you've done before. But I'm just going to give you some really practical tips this morning. Because actually, there are things that we can do that we might not have done before. And it's useful to have some practical tips. Um, Picture yourself in the story. Picture yourself. That doesn't, it's not on there. But um, I heard a testimony recently of a guy called Andrew Cannon. He's an evangelist. And um, he used to work in a, uh, which one was it? In the Jaguar Land Rover factory. Um, He's a scouser, so he's got a really great thick scouse accents if you ever hear him and he was talking about how at work everyone knew he was a christian and one day he was in the factory floor surrounded by lots of people and he was imagining himself in the story of the blind man where jesus spat on the mud and put it on the man's eyes and he was imagining himself in the story and i don't know how he was posed at the time probably a really weird pose because somebody came up to him on the factory floor and said, Andrew, are you okay? What's going on? (laughs) And uh, he said, oh yeah, 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 it's okay. I'm just um, picturing myself in the story in the Bible where Jesus healed the blind man and Jesus put mud and spat on the man's eyes. And the guy said, no way, really? He said, my mum is just having an operation on her eyes tomorrow morning. And if, she, if the operation is not successful, she will lose her eye, totally. She's got a tumour in her eye, and she, she's very likely to lose it. And um, the guy was quite taken aback that Andrew was meditating on that passage. And so Andrew said, do you want me to pray for you? And so, and pray for your mum. He prayed for the guy. The guy's mum did not lose her eye. Her eye was perfectly fine after the surgery. How awesome is God? How awesome is God? Um, Andrew is an amazing guy who's got loads of testimonies of things that happen like that, happened to him in the factory. Um, And he did get lots of work done, by the way, in the factory. He didn't just stand there posing (laughs) in Bible stories all day, I believe, um, because he was very respected in his job. Um, So, yeah, um, the main thing about... um, Imagining, reflecting is, as we reflect on that passage or that little verse that you're reading, you could imagine yourself there. Where would I be in that story? 
Would I be sat next to Jesus? Would, would I be the person receiving what Jesus is offering? Would I be standing by looking skeptically? How would you be in that story? That's a really great way of meditating on some of the scripture stories that we read in the passages, in particularly in the Gospels. Um, but actually, the other thing is, is to awaken our spiritual senses. We've prayed, and we've asked God to show us what the passage means to us. We want our spiritual senses to be awakened. As you imagine yourself right there in the passage, you're going to be able to awaken your spiritual senses. What does it feel like? What can you smell? What can you touch? What can you hear? Think about your five senses. What can you see? Maybe open all of your spiritual senses in that kind of way. Ask myself, how do I feel about that? And be aware of your body. In meditation, in the world's way of meditating, it's very much about being aware of your body. And why not? You know, God's given us a body. So why not be aware of our body? What's going on in your body? Are you feeling tension in your neck, your head, your stomach? As you read that passage, ask yourself, why? Why do I feel like that? What's going on? Am I unsettled? Am I peaceful? Am I happy? Or am I anxious? Or maybe angry? What's this passage stirring up in me? What resonates with me from that passage? What makes me resist or pull back? You know, sometimes scripture is uncomfortable to us. And sometimes it's good to own up to that uncomfortableness that we feel as we read it. it it's okay to feel uncomfortable sometimes. It's okay. It's okay. Let it resonate with you. What makes you resist? What makes you pull back? Why do I feel this way? What part of my inner being is being touched or spoken to? What part of my inner being is being touched or spoken to? And by the way, this list comes from a book that I've been reading recently called um, Sacred Rhythms, which has been really helpful. Um, what do my reactions tell me about myself? Don't know, you know? Sometimes our reactions can shock us. Sometimes we need to face them. And it's easy to go in through life to not let the scriptures speak to us in this deep way. If we truly meditate, we're going to allow that scripture to speak over us in a deep way. And we need that depth in our lives. So what do these reactions tell me about myself? What do my reactions also tell me about my relationships and my perspectives and my behaviors? What do my reactions tell me about my relationships? God uses this awesome book to speak to us about every aspect of our lives, not just our spirit being, not just some woolly thing that's out there, but is hard to find. He wants to speak to us through this word of God to every little aspect of our life, every little thing. The next R is respond. Um, so, how are we going to respond when we are meditating? We might need a notebook as well. I forgot to mention that. Really good thing to have. I used to hate writing stuff down. I found it really annoying. But I've begun to enjoy it. I don't do it every day. You know, you don't have to be legalistic about it. 
Give yourself a break. Don't make yourself do it every single day. Oh, no, I haven't done it today. Oh, no. Some days there won't be a need to write things down. But, you know, sometimes we need to because it helps us to respond better. Am I willing to look at this from God's perspective? Ask yourself that question. Is there something new here about God? Is there something here about what God wants me to be? So you might be, through that passage, you might be drawn to reflect on something about God's character. Or you might be drawn to reflect on something about what God wants you to become. Scripture has many different parts to it. There's books that have um, kind of accounts of historical events. There's books that have, uh, like the Psalms, that are more prayers, and they're really easy to meditate on. If you don't know how to meditate, if you haven't done it before, start with a Psalm. It's always good. And maybe you're looking at more difficult books like the Prophets. Those books have something to say to us. They really do. Um, So is there anything here about what God wants to say about who I am? Is there anything I need to confess? Is there something as a result of what I'm reading now that I need to confess to God? Do it there and then. Is there anyone I need to forgive? Is there anything I need to give thanks for? There's always something. But your passage that you're reading may direct you to give specific thanks to God. And that's very good for our souls to give thanks. Is there something I need to change? So asking all of those questions as we respond in our meditation. Meditation isn't just to um, make us forget about the world around us. I think the world's way of meditation quite often is to forget about something that's happening. God's kind of meditation helps us to face things, sometimes that are difficult. It helps us to move forward. It helps us to reflect on how big God is and that he is the one who is our savior and he will help us with each difficulty that we strive and struggle with. And then the fourth point is just a simple one. Remember, God wants... Oh, sorry, that must be... So it was, read, remove, read, reflect, respond. I have a fifth one then, which (laughs) I didn't put on there, which is just confused me. Anyway, remember what God, (laughs) God wants us to remember what he spoke to us about. And I suppose with that, that's where um, writing it down comes in. Because if you remember it later, you can use that as a testimony in your life. It'll be something that in a few months' time might really bless you and encourage you so that in months to come, you can look back and you can say, God spoke to me on that day at that time. I remember that. And now look what's happened. Look what breakthrough I've experienced. God's word brings breakthrough in our lives. Um, I remember when we had our extension built on our house and they used a plumb line. And that plumb line is like a piece of string, if you're not a builder, in case you don't know. uh, That piece of string with a weight on it to make sure the line of the building was straight. God's word is like a plumb line in our lives. It's the thing, the one and only thing that is straight, 
that's going to cause us to walk in the narrow, straight path that we're meant to walk in. And sometimes it isn't easy, but God's word is the one thing that's secure and safe. So if you're thinking about meditation, if you've done any other meditations before, um, I would caution you to think, is it in line with that plumb line? Is it in line with God's word? If you've messed about with anything like transcendental meditation or anything, meditating on anything other than um, wholesome good things, and some things meditating on is, is good, but what are we meditating? What are we filling our hearts and minds with? Colossians, the book of Colossians talks about filling our minds with things above. Set our minds on things above. If your mind, if your meditation has not set your mind on things above, it may be worth questioning what has it set your mind on. Do you need to reconsider? And, and so um, the Psalms are really great because they say, Psalm 119 verse 11, I have laid your word in my heart. I love how that Psalm puts it. I've laid your word in my heart. If we lay God's word in our hearts like a plumb line, we're going to stay solid and strong. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.